How's everybody doing? Look at your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. Hey, what word is this? W-H-Y. I'm sorry. One more time. Okay, look at your neighbor and say it. Go. Look at your other neighbor. Say it again. Say it. All right, go ahead and sit down because I'm going to answer that question right now. I'm going to answer that question. Everybody say, why? Oh, no, you got to say it like a black American. Say, why? You got to kind of grunt, just growl and say, why? <laughs> Y'all like my shirt? I just spent the last five days in the kingdom of Tonga and they adopted me as their child. So I'm all a part of the 676. <laughs> you don't understand. I'm doing the South Campus next. They'll enjoy this much more. Are y'all ready? Somebody look at your neighbor, look them in the eye and say, you ain't never going to be the same again. Look at your other neighbor, look him in the eye and say, your life is about to get changed. Everybody look at, look at me and say, Reggie, you better come through. <laughs> Wrong. I ain't got nothing to do with it. It's all about Jesus. All right, here we go. In the Bible, Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Colossians 2, 14. The Bible says this. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us. Everybody say us. See, a lot of preachers will preach to you like you need to get right. You need hope. You need faith. Uh-uh. I want some of that too. So in the Bible, it wanted some of that. So the way it says it is perfect because the Bible says for all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. So if I'm nasty, well, you nasty. Don't you wish you were nasty too? Well, you are. There you go, okay? So it says, by canceling the debt that stood against us with its legal demands, he, Jesus, set it aside, nailing it to the cross. Hold on. Somebody had to pay the price for what we would do. You notice what I said? The, the, what we would do. Before you were born, you're born in the sin. You're supposed to live in sin and die in sin. God knew that. But he knew that if he sent his only son to pay the price before you were even born, that there's hope. That is my favorite word in the dictionary, hope. Because with hope, anything's possible. Touch your neighbor and say, it's all right because of hope. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's going to be good because of hope. In the darkest, bleakest night, hope makes it possible to get in the morning. I'm preaching good, y'all. Y'all ain't heard nothing yet. Watch this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says this. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, if in case you didn't know. The cross was meant to humiliate a human being. The cross was meant only for people who committed murder, who stole the lowest, most vile degenerates in our society would die by death on the cross so that people can watch them and they can hang in public. Jesus did no wrong. He could have died any way he wanted for the sins of the world. Why would he use something like that? Only because Jesus can take the most vile, wicked, despicable way to die and make it the most beautiful thing to ever happen in mankind. And if he could do that with a cross, how much more can he do it with your life? Now I know some of y'all looking at me like, oh, he one of them American preachers. They get up there, he like Medea movie. That's what this is. Yeah, yeah, wait. Because I have a good 22 minutes to convince you why Jesus died for you. And why you need to give him your life before you leave this room. 
It's pretty good, isn't it? When I was a kid growing up, we used to have Easter plays. I don't know if you've ever seen Easter plays, but our church, we took it to a whole new level. One time we beat Jesus so bad that the people on the third row threw up. They said it was rated R. <laughs> That's pretty cool, dude. I was proud of that, but pastor made us tone it down just a little bit. Then we decided one time, dude, we need to just take it up a notch. So when Jesus had died and he was in the tomb, we had a guy who was like a, a firefighter. And so he could do all these rope climbing and jumps. So he ziplined from the balcony of the church to the stage in an angel outfit and kicked the stone away. It was cool. It worked seven out of nine times. One time we didn't check the rope before he took off. One rope was looser than the other. He didn't fall, but he had a tailspin around the eighth row, and he had just had lunch. <laughs> he wouldn't want to be on the eighth row. <laughs> he kind of threw up on him. One time we had a Jesus who was six foot seven inches tall. That's a good Jesus right there. So I know some of y'all, you got Jesus, blonde hair, blue eyes, running through the forest in a white dress and a purple robe. My, my idea of Jesus is Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. <laughs> Big old guns going, I'll be back. That's what I want, all right? I'm just saying, I'm saying, but Jesus, he made, like the only thing about Jesus, he was a diabetic. And one day we did four shows. So after the third show, before the fourth one, we noticed when he was hanging on the cross, he was really shaking, all right? He was playing that role a little too good. Then we realized we got to get him food. So we took a Big Mac and a Coke and put it in the tomb so that when the stone was rolled over, he could get a little Big Mac in him and get his blood sugar level up. He must have really gotten in love with that Big Mac, y'all, because he forgot where we were in the play. All of a sudden, the zipline dude came down, kicked the stone away. Here's Jesus in the tomb with a Big Mac and a Coke. And his instinct went like this. Took another bite. <laughs> That's how I grew up. But then one night, I'm sitting by my dad, and all of a sudden, the narrator said, hours passed before the death of Jesus Christ. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, here it is. Touch your other neighbor and say, here it is. My dad looked at me, he said, son, why do you think it took Jesus so long to die? I said, I don't know. If it was me, I'd have died when the first nail went down. <laughs> he was like, he dead. <laughs> I mean, why go through that much pain, you know what I'm saying? And my dad laughed and he says, I cannot prove it, but let me tell you what I know. I grew up hearing this and I really believe it. That when Jesus was hanging on the cross, that he had to do this. I don't know if y'all, can I take a second, just 30 seconds. Can I explain the death on the cross, okay? The, the cross was made by Romans to kill people who need to die a slow, cruel death. So the cross is made for you to hang in a way that you choke to death on your own body fluid. So you literally suffocate on your own water from the inside out. That's just unbelievable. And the only way for you to get a breath to clear your lungs is if you pull yourself over this horizontal line. And to make that difficult, they took three nails. One, they take both feet, put them together and nail it in there. Then they take one, and a lot of people say it's in his hands, yeah, kind of not much. There is a gap between these two bones that come right up here into your wrist. If you hit it perfect and you don't hit that vein and bleed out in seconds, you can drive a nail in a man to make him hang there for all eternity until the birds come and eat his flesh away. If you hit it perfect. And the Roman soldiers were great at making sure they don't hit that vein. So in order for Jesus to take a breath, he had to literally pull himself up 
on those two nails. <gasps> take a breath and fall back down on the nails on his hands and on his feet. And every time he had to take a breath, he had to pull himself up and do that, which makes this even more incredible. Hit your neighbor and say, this is crazy. Hit your other neighbor and say, this is crazy. I should have done this later on in the service because some of you, you're like, you're, you're, some of you, and I gotta, okay, I hate to be mean, but some of you young people, you're desensitized yourself to who Jesus is. You turn on Jesus on Sunday, but you turn him off when you put your little school uniform and go on Monday. He did not die on that cross for you to turn him off. He died on that cross for you to leave him on. You gotta understand today, everybody say, why? why? Come on, say, why? why? Look at me. You need to understand what this is about because you're flirting with disaster. Because when you come to a 3.30 service like this, you are a threat to hell. Because you're so close of finding what's real, but you're so far away to lose it all. Everybody say, why? why? Come on, say, why? why? This is what this sermon is all about. This is what the next 17 minutes is all about. I'm going to tell you why it's happening. Why you go through. Why you don't think it. You don't fit in. I can't do nothing. All my friends are wrong and they never get caught. I do one thing and I get caught. You know why? You're not them. That's why. Watch this. So he pulls himself up, breathes in, falls down. My dad looked at me and he said, I believe when Jesus hung on the cross, because he's half God and half man, that the God in Jesus rose up. And the God in Jesus helped Jesus as God's son see every name of every person that would ever live before he would come back a second time and bring his people home. I believe that Jesus pulled himself up, took a breath and fell down. And he saw every face of every person, had a name with every face of every person that would ever live. And only after he saw that last person that would be alive when he comes back a second time only then did he say father forgive them for they know not what they do he did that for you because he saw your name he saw your face next time you think you're not worth anything look at the cross next time you think you don't matter look at the cross next time you think you want to quit look at the cross he did not die for you to quit Man, I'm preaching good today. I, just, I preached so good, my iPad went off. Can I just, can I show you how I grew up with this? Every year at Easter, my mama used to tell us a story. Now, I'm sorry. I got my saxophone out here. I'm ready to play a song. I ain't going to do that. Because there's something a little more important right now. I believe God has put uh, like some kind of, is it just, there, it, there's an urgency in this service. I don't know what it is, but the sense that I'm getting right now is God saying, you need to tell them. You need to tell them. You need to tell them right now. You, they need to know. They need to know. They need to know right now. Don't play, Reggie. They don't need, their ears don't need to be tickled. They just need you to hear, and they need you to say what you got to say. So everybody, touch your neighbor and say, here it is. Touch your other neighbor and say, here we go. This Jesus, the cross that he died on, the death that he did. I'll give you one more scripture before I do this, all right? It says this in 1 Peter 2, 24. It says, he himself bore our sins on his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. By the wounds, by his wounds, you have been healed. It doesn't say you can be healed. It says you have been healed. So my mom at Easter every year when we were little put us in bed. She would come in. She would look at us and say, okay, boys. 
it's time for our special Easter story. And she would tell us a story. Can I do it for y'all? Everybody touch your neighbor and say, it's story time. Come on, touch your other neighbor and say, here we go, it's story time. Early in the morning, before the sun even rose, a teenage boy heard a sound from his bed. It was Friday. He loved Friday because he loved the weekend. When he heard that noise early in the morning, he jumped up and opened his window. His window faced the back alley of the house. And when he looked down, he saw a man, handsome, strong, walking in the alley of the city. He was pulling an old cart filled with cloths that were bright and shiny and new. He was calling out in a voice, Rags! Rags! The air was foul. The first light of sign of light of day was filthy and his cross the such a sweet sound. Rags! Rags! He was a tall man, about six foot four. Arms looked like tree branches. He liked Thor before this last movie. Thought I'd just throw that in. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> he was so handsome and as he cried out this boy noticed him what is he doing it piqued him so much that the boy got dressed slid out his window went out the back like he always did to go meet his friends when he shouldn't be out he started following the man just see what he would do as the man was singing out rags rags trade your own for new rags rags all of a sudden the man stopped he stopped and he looked over and on the back porch of a house there was a woman she had a handkerchief in her hand her face was buried in the handkerchief she was weeping and crying so violently that her arms shook the rag man put his cart down reached in and pulled out the most beautiful shiny handkerchief you've ever seen he walked over and he said rags rags trade your old for new and she reached up and gave him her handkerchief as he gave her the brand new handkerchief he put hers by his face and that teenage boy watched as the ragman began to weep, arms shaking, violently he wept. And the woman's tears stopped as if they never were shed before. Stumbling back to his cart, he picked it up and he started through the tears and the shaking. Rags! Rags! Bring your old for new! As he turned the corner, this teenage boy was like, what is going on? And he saw a girl. It's almost like the ragman could have walked right by her, but he saw everything. This girl had bandages around her head, little streaks of blood going down her cheek. He looked at her and he says, Rags, 
trade your old for new. But she had no look in her eye. She was looking at the rag man, but no one was there. She had been utterly hurt somehow. And as he stood there, the rag man reached in his, his cart and he pulled out a beautiful bonnet and he said, trade, trade. And she kind of nodded. He like, he, the teenager was like, I don't think she understands him. But he reaches over and he starts undoing the bandages around her head. And as he did and got them all off carefully, he put the bonnet on her head and she literally started to smile and her eyes came back into sight and she looked at him and she whispered thank you and as he started putting the bandages on his head blood started pouring out of his head and he started to weep and like he started to cry again and he was like rags rags trade your old for new rags rags this teenager's thinking to himself, what is going on? Why is he doing this? Why would he be this kind of person? Why would he trade these things? How in the world could he start bleeding? How could he start crying? And about then, there was a man. The sun is starting to come up. This man was leaning against a light pole, both hands in his pockets. The rag man walked up and he switched what he said. Instead of saying, trade your old for new, the ragman said, Sir, sir, are you working today? Sir, sir, are you going to work today? And the man kind of shrugged and turned his back to the ragman. And the ragman said, Sir, sir, give me your coat. Give me your coat. And the man's like, what's wrong with you? The ragman said, sir, please, give me your coat. And the man leaning against the light post said, just leave me alone. He goes, sir, give me your coat. And the man said, fine. So he took his left hand out of his pocket, started taking his coat off. The teenager out loud went, oh my goodness. Because see, the right hand and the right arm of the man leaning against the pole, it looked like he had his hand in his pocket. But it was just his sleeve. He had no arm. So when he took his coat off, it revealed to the world he only had one arm. The rag man said, thank you. Now take mine. And as the rag man took his coat off, his right arm stayed in the coat. The teenager was like, oh my God! And the ragman kind of looked back. He literally did smile because he knew the whole time the boy was following him. He turned back and he handed it to the man. The man put the coat on and he had an arm. Two arms. And he can move again. I know, I know, I know, I know. Tonight, some of you are looking at me like, come on, what's this ragman thing? Oh, just in case you're really slow, that's Jesus. And the woman on the back porch is a girl in this room tonight. The girl who's bleeding, who's been broken by this world, who did something she wished she hadn't done, who went somewhere she wished she had never gone, she's in this room right now. The man who did what he thought he was doing was right, and ended up dealing away his own flesh. He's in this room right now. But 
Tonight you just need to know why. Do you know why? It doesn't matter why it happened. It doesn't matter why the girl was on the back porch crying. It doesn't matter why the girl had bandages. It doesn't matter why the guy had one arm. Only thing that matters is the rag man's coming. He's walking down your street. He's giving you a chance to turn it in. The only way he could do that is because of what he did for you on that cross. You want to know why? Because he's God. You want to know why? Because he can. And no matter what you've gone through, he loves you tonight. That's why. It's why equippers exist. That the world may know him. It's why we stand here tonight. That the world may know him. Even in schools where we can't say the name of Jesus. We become Jesus with clothes on. So the world may know him. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, he could take care of you. Somebody look at your other neighbor and say, he could take care of you too. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, give it to him. Everybody say it out loud. Say it again. One more time. Say it louder. Give it to him. This morning after church, I prayed for a girl. And I looked at her and she said, I have hate, I have hate. I need to get rid of my hate. I need to get rid of my hate. And I said, all right. I said, I'm going to pray for that. And during my prayer, I said something. When I said, amen, I said, do you know what I said during my prayer? She said, yes. I, here's what I said. I said, God, let her know that when she gives you this hurt, when she gives you this bitterness, when she gives you this sorrow, that whatever it is, because she gave it to you, doesn't mean it was okay that it happened. I'm going to say it again. When we give God our hurt, our pain, our sorrow, it doesn't mean what happened was okay. What it means is we're decided that God is greater. He's stronger. He can handle everything that we hurt, everything in our past. We decide not to care it anymore, but to give it to a higher man, a higher power. And because of the cross, Jesus can take care of us. Hey Amen. Where are you going? You all right? I've been preaching to you, but you've been talking to your friends, so you're probably better off in the bathroom anyway. Everybody look at me. Oh, by the way, everybody who knows me are going, Uncle Reggie ain't playing. <laughs> and it's true, because I love him enough to tell him the truth. And I'm right, ain't I? So you listen to me. You think it's what you do every Sunday. But what if destiny calls your name this week? What if history says your name on Monday? Then you need to hear something today that's going to help you on Monday. That's going to save you on Tuesday. When your world falls apart on Wednesday, you need to know that the Jesus that we serve has something in his arms that's going to take care of you. He's going to carry you through the sorrow. He's going to carry you through the pain. He's going to carry you through the words people say about you. The events that happen, it's going to carry you. Touch your neighbor and say everything's going to be all right. Touch your other neighbor and say everything's going to be all right. I can't wait to find out in the future why I'm preaching this hard, but that's cool. Poor little boy, he ain't probably never coming back, but it's all right. Next time I preach, he'll stay in the room. <laughs> too grown, too long in the tooth to be going to the bathroom when I'm on my sermon. I'm an American, so just blame it on that. It's Trump's fault. All right, here we go. <laughs> that was funny right there. I just said, Are you ready? He's got one arm. He's weeping. He's bleeding. He gets his cart and he starts pulling it. Still crying out. 
Rags! Rags! He turned the corner down the street was the junkyard. He's heading that way. And he heard someone coughing. Not just kind of like a scratch in my throat cough, but one of those coughs like, you've been smoking for 85 years cough. He saw an army blanket. It would move when the coughing sound came and he knew it was a veteran, a soldier. So he put his cart down, bleeding, weeping, crying with one arm. He reached in his cart and he pulled out the most beautiful blanket you ever seen. He walked over to the old man and he said, Rags, trade your old for new. Hey, can I tell you something? Have you noticed in my story, every time the rag man did something was because the people let him. Let me back up again. Every time the rag man did something, it's because the people let him. That's why in the book of Revelations it says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door and lets me in, I will come in and sup with him. You have to open the door. You have to let him in. It's more than just saying, oh, I'm a quippers. Oh, I go to a quippers. Oh, it's more than just coming to church. It's being a part of church. It's being here and saying, God, give me something that's going to help me. Give me something that's going to get me through. Give me something that's going to change my life. He came to trade our old for new. Are broken for whole. And he could do that tonight. He's here. He's here. Jesus is the right man. As he took the army blanket and gave the man the blanket, the man stopped coughing, and here comes the ragman, coughing like he's about to lose a lung. Coughing and stumbling and wheezing. He turns into the junkyard. The whole time, this 16-year-old boy is following. There was nowhere for the boy to hide except an old abandoned car. So he slid in the back seat and he watched as this ragman left a cart at the end of the biggest trash pile you could ever see. Holding the bandages and the handkerchief and the blanket and wearing the coat with one arm weeping, crying, bleeding, coughing. He climbed up that hill. A teenager wanted to help him. But something inside told him not to. As he watched him get to the top of the hill, he watched the rag man cover himself with that blanket, lay down, close his eyes, and die. And he died. The little boy, 16 years old, started to weep. He said, what have I seen? What did I do? He literally said to himself, I should have stayed in bed. I should have never followed him. I should have never done this. Hey, anybody ever finally find the truth and wish you hadn't? <laughs> you ever give your life to God and everything gets worse instead of better? How does that happen? <laughs> then all of a sudden you realize I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. This is who I am. Here it is. I am. I am. I am hope. I am love. Even if I can't feel it, I don't care. I'm still going to be a part of who Jesus is in this world. I want this. I have to be this. I have to have this. This is who I am. And it's at that moment when you make that choice that everything can change. That little boy laid in the back seat of that old abandoned car and he fell asleep. He must have really been tired because mama, when she told me the story, she said he slept from Friday through Saturday into Sunday morning. And the early Sunday morning, he saw a bright light coming from the top of that hill. He shined so bright, he had to cover his eyes. And when he finally had his eyes adjusted to it, he looked up and out loud, he said, Ragman! 
And at the top of the hill was the ragman. Six foot four, looking like Thor before the last movie. Arms like tree limbs. And the ragman looked at the 16-year-old boy and he said, what do you want me to do? And what the boy said is absolutely brilliant. You know what the boy said as he crawled out from the car? He looked up and he said, would you dress me? Would you dress me? Let's pray. Father, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl here. God, I know you know. You know who we are. You know where we're from. You know when we come and when we go. You know when we lie down and when we rise. You know every word that comes out of our mouth. You know right now tonight who needed this. You know right now tonight who's struggling. You know the hurt and the pain. You know the hiding that we do. God, you know the girl who's on the back porch right now, who's weeping in her handkerchief, and you are walking up and asking her to give her sorrow for your joy. Help her to do that tonight. God, you're walking up you're seeing young teenagers who've been beat down by this world in bandages that bleeding and you're saying give me that give me the pain give me the sorrow God today we have a chance to give it to you God we try to hide like a man with a sleeve shoved in his pocket but you have a way of exposing the things that we are We've hidden. And tonight is a chance for us to love you, to know you, to give everything that we have to you, to let you be our Lord, to let you be our Savior. Because of what you did on the cross, there's hope. And I pray right now in the next few moments that you would let hope come in this room. Let hope come. Let hope change someone's life. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you've never heard me before, I'm usually a lot happier than I am, but I have a mandate today. There's a mandate today. And I'm going to start by saying this. If you're in this room and you're like, Reggie, that's me. That's me, that's me, that's me. I'm broken. Reggie, that's me. That's me, that's me, that's me. I'm lost. Reggie, that's me. That's me, that's me, that's me. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. That's you on the back porch weeping. That's you with the bandages because the world has beat you so bad. Bad. That's you with one arm. That's you under the blanket. That's you following Jesus. Wondering what he's all about. And today is the day for you to stop wondering and give him a chance. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is real. So let's simply start with salvation. Do you know him tonight? Do you know my king? Do you know my Lord? Do you know my savior? Do you know my Jesus? If you don't, this is your moment. See, the handkerchief was her choices. It ended in her pain. The bandages were what she chose to love. Ended up causing her to bleed. The man with no arm, they said, if you do this, you'll be happy. If you go here, it'll be all right. And all of a sudden, it beat him so bad that he lost what he told he could never get back. Now here's Jesus, the ragman. And all he's saying is, rags, trade your old for new. He's saying, life, trade your old life for my new one. 
So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's all we're going to do. We're going to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Here's the deal. The cool thing is we don't have to put a spotlight on anybody in this room. You know good and well who you are if you are lost, if you're lost, if you're living this life on your own. You know who you are. It doesn't matter. You could even be in leadership and be lost. But this is the night. This is it. The mandate of heaven is in this room in this 330 service and they're saying come home 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 so we're gonna all do it together because we're family we're asking Jesus to be Lord of our life see the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus that's why he's the rag man so here we go everyone in the room say the prayer saint help the sinner sinner help yourself everybody say Jesus I give you my life I don't know why you'd want my handkerchief. I don't know why you'd want my bandage. I don't know why you'd give me your arm. But I need you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Today, I stand on the Word of God. Romans 10, 9. If I declare with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, You'll save me. Jesus, you are Lord. Now save me. Save me. The Bible says that if you declare him before man, he'll declare you before his Father in heaven. I'm going to do something a little different tonight because I love young people. Young people are just honest and they're open. That's probably why I'm preaching like this. Young people can handle it. Old people, they get mad. <laughs> you know why I love young people? Because a young person, he walked out and guess what? He came back, got his tissues and came on back up in this room. That's good because he's young. He might be tonguing, you know what I'm just saying. But guess what? It's time to go, go public for Jesus. I'm going to start at the number 20 and work down to zero. By the time I get to zero, every person who walked into this ballroom with sin in your life and you asked Jesus to forgive you, by faith, that's the only thing this does is faith. When you said those words after me, it was faith. And even moving, it takes faith. So by faith, as I count down to zero, I want every person who walked in this room, you had sin in your life, but you said that prayer, whether you feel it or not, but you meant it, I want you to slide out of your seat, come and stand right up here with me. Because today, you got right with God. Today, you gave your life to Jesus. Today, you took his coat. Today, you took his handkerchief. You took his bonnet. If that's you, you got 20 seconds to go public for Jesus. 19. 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, Somebody needs to ask your friend. Look at your best friend. Say, you want to go? I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Let's do this together. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, 
in Jesus' name. It's the most important decision of your entire life. I don't care if you've done it 50 times. 51 could be the time that you become the man and woman of God that he meant you to be. Never be afraid to answer an altar call when your heart's pounding. That could be the most important thing I've said all week. Stretch your arms toward these. If I got some people who will come and help pray for young people, just jump up right now. Grab four or five of them. Just put them around. Just say, I'm going to pray with you. We're going to agree with Reggie. We already asked Jesus to forgive us, but I got a special prayer for everybody who came forward right here, right now. God, I pray right now, God, that your Holy Spirit would touch them. Let them feel your presence right now. Let them know, God, that the decision they made tonight is eternal. So, God, replace what was broken. Replace what was lost. Dry the tears in their eyes. God, give them hope now. Let them know that they can make it. Let them know that you will make a way out of no way. You will turn their darkness in the day. You will be the joy in their time of sorrow. You will be their hope for their tomorrow. So right now, God, give them your Holy Spirit so that they can walk when they know. They can walk by faith and not by sight. Touch them, I pray in Jesus' name. Now everybody in the room, just stand up. Stretch your hands toward these people and agree with me in prayer. Say, Jesus, do it again. Say, Jesus, do it again. Say, do for them what you did for me. Say, Jesus, do it again. Do it again, do it again. Do it again, do it again, Jesus, do it again. Hey, do me a favor, one last prayer. If you're struggling with something, like the man leaning against the light, he might have already been saved, but he made choices that made him lose, and he had to go back to Jesus and give him everything. Maybe you're saved, but you're hiding stuff. You gotta give him everything. Anybody know what I'm saying tonight? Give him everything. So if you're like, I'm giving God everything, take both hands and just raise them high, high as you can right now. I'm giving God everything. Everything is his. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. And as we sing this chorus, just give it all to God right now. Give it all to God right now. Give it all to God right now in Jesus' name.